Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey, everybody, Mary Fran Bontempo here. And before we get started with this week's episode, did you know that Brilliantly Resilient can come directly to you? That's right. We have keynotes, programs, presentations, workshops, all available to companies, associations, conferences, and organizations, either virtually or live in person. So head on over to brilliantlyresilient.net at the speaking tab to find out more. And while you're there, you can also sign up for our weekly Brilliance Bit, which comes to you once a week directly to your inbox and has a bit of brilliance from this week's show and will keep you living in a brilliantly resilient mindset. Okay, let's get on with the show. Hey there, it's Kristen Smedley, just one half of the dynamic duo of the Brilliantly Resilient team. Hey, Mary Fran and I are, are going to do some solo episodes for all of you to get to know us independently, and you'll also get to know us together with our guests here on the podcast. So first up, this this first episode of, of mine is going to be a little bit longer, just so I can catch everybody up reintroduce myself for those of you that don't know me and give you all an overview of of my my role here and uh, my journey thus far and and how it is that I bring to the mic what I bring to the mic. So I'll tell you what, 23 years ago, I, um, I, had, I had everything. I had worked my whole life to achieve all the things that I had planned to achieve. And I was there, man. I was, I, I had, you know, gotten the degree, landed the job, married the guy, built the house, had the SUV. I was, I was loving life. Now, 23 years later, I'm divorced. I have three kids. Two of them are blind. I face bankruptcy twice. I started a business seven days before the pandemic hit. (laughs) All kinds of things have happened, but I got to tell you, I could not be happier. I could not be happier right now. Worlds happier than I was 23 years ago when I thought I had it all. Okay. I know you're like, what? Look that I am setting the stage for you to understand how I came to be brilliantly resilient. Actually, I didn't come to be, I keep evolving and learning how to continue to be brilliantly resilient. Because if there's one thing Mary Fran and I always say, you don't just arrive at being brilliantly resilient and stay there and you know, have the big moment forever. It's, it's, you're constantly getting knocked off the pedestal. You're constantly getting sucker punched, right? Life, just like Mary Fran says, pecks at you like chickens and you got to keep at it. Keep, keep, keeping at it. But I can tell you this, what I have realized, I mean, there are nine pillars in the process of becoming and practicing living brilliantly resilient. And, and the one key one that I see as the foundational pillar that without this, it is very hard to to keep going after sucker punches and train wrecks. At least, I guess I should say, for me and for people like me. And that pillar is perception. It is how you are seeing your challenges. It is the lens that you are looking through at those challenges. 
So that's my my role here with these solo episodes, at least for the first round of them, is that I am going to dive deep into how it is that I see the perception and how we perceive our challenges is really the root of whether we are going to stay stuck in the mess or if we are just visiting. And and look, I, I totally get it. <laughs> if you're if you're walking or driving or vacuuming or whatever it is you're doing, listening to this, and you've stopped and you're like wait a minute. So the mom of, of blind kids is going to talk to me about seeing things clearly. I know, right? Actually, I am. Because 23 years ago, when I first heard your son is blind, I was looking at the entire situation completely wrong. And it wasn't until three years later that my eyes were open um, I know that sounds like a cliche, but literally my eyes were open to see the situation completely differently. And when I started to see it differently, my life changed in ways that that <laughs> I am going to try to convey to you on these podcast episodes, but oh my goodness, it's a big story. So here's what I know for sure. Let's begin here. Let's begin with the whole point of today is the should be verse could be. That's that's an element that we're going to dive in today of of are you looking at your challenges as are you thinking about how your life should be or can you make the switch and allow some space to what could be? That was a pivotal moment in my journey. We're going to dive into a couple of stories today that that will have you seeing it the way I saw it. And I know that the stories I'm going to tell today are, are relating to something big like blindness, but you can insert whatever you got going on, or you can just take the tools and stories and strategies I talk about today, tuck them away in your toolbox, because I guarantee you, you're going to need this and it's going to help you at some point on your journey. And then at the end of the episode, like I'm going to wrap up every episode, I'm going to let you know what I got playing on my playlist. One of the things that helps me keep living brilliantly resilient, I, I come from a musical family. Family. My my home is well. My home isn't all that musical right now because I'm an empty nester. I'm a brand new empty nester. However, um, I have musicians in in uh, my children, and when they are home, we've got guitars, microphones, pianos, all kinds of stuff are going. So music has always been a big part of my life, and it helps me get back up when I'm knocked down by stuff, and it helps me celebrate on my mountaintops when I do have wins to celebrate. So each week, I'm going to share just a, a current song that is blasting on my playlist, and uh, I'm hoping that it helps you build your Brilliantly Resilient playlist too. All right, so let's dive into a little bit of today's concept, and that is the the whole way of seeing challenges differently is is to move away from the should be and into the could be. So let's back up. Um, I mean, I talked about, you know, hearing 23 years ago that that my firstborn four-month-old son was blind. And, and up until that point, you know, while I was, while I was carrying him, uh, before he was born, as as my belly was growing, my dreams for him were growing, right? I mean, I was like valedictorian, summa cum laude, pitcher for the Phillies. I'm a Philly girl. We're big on sports here. You know, quarterback for the Eagles. I had very, very big dreams for him. So when I heard that sentence, uh, the f- worst four words I had ever heard in my life to that point, your son is blind. I actually, I actually, my first question was, will he play baseball? Oh my gosh. I know. I know you're thinking, can you imagine the stories that that doctor that said that to me when I asked him that? Can you imagine the stories he's telling? Hey, I had this patient, you know, I told her her son is blind and she says, will he play baseball? Like what kind of reaction is that? Look, I, I, I had no 
context. I had no information about blindness. Uh, I actually, I should say I had no information about thriving with blindness, about living a successful life without sight. All I knew was things like almost every blind person is unemployed. I mean, the, the unemployment right now is like 75, 80%. Kids that are blind aren't graduating high school. Only 30% of them are graduating high school. I mean, all those statistics are, are, I didn't even know the nitty gritty of the statistics. I just had no knowledge of a thriving life without sight. And You know, Ralph Waldo Emerson says, people only see what they're prepared to see. I only knew devastation in relation to blindness. So all I was seeing was a devastating life ahead. So there I was, 28 years old with this brand new beautiful baby. All I could see was devastation. And every single night I would pray blindness away. And every single morning I was pissed off because blindness was still there. Listen, this went on for three, nearly three and a half years, praying it away and angry that it was still there for nearly three and a half years. And then one day while I was pregnant with my second baby, I started to get real nervous. I mean, I was really pregnant and my dreams were really growing. And then all of a sudden, one morning I woke up and thought, oh no, there is a 25% chance that each pregnancy that I'd have another affected baby. And I thought, initially I had thought, well, I'm the forever optimist. I'm a delirious optimist. I mean, 75% of unaffected, that's huge. And then logical Kristen woke up that morning. The Kristen that had gotten a a math award in third grade came to the table that morning. and was like, oh my God, 25% is huge. And I crashed to the floor of my bedroom and sat in the most ugliest of cries, living in fear, scared to death that it was going to happen again. And then I heard my Michael bouncing down the hallway towards my bedroom. You know, at, at nearly three and a half and almost completely blind, my Michael didn't walk. He skipped and he jumped and he glided through every day and he burst into my room with his signature gorgeous smile and big bright brown eyes and he said mommy are you in here he was a, he was about 12 inches from me had no idea i was there i said yeah mikey i'm right here what do you need and he said mommy i just had to tell you isn't this the best day ever And I was ugly crying silently because I didn't want him to hear me sobbing. And I thought to myself, oh my God, you have no idea how much this is not only not the best day ever, you're never going to have a best day. You're never going to have a best day. So I sucked back a sob and I said to him, Michael, why do you think this is the best day ever? And he said, mommy, because I have all my toys and the sun is shining, and I'm just so happy. And he spun around and bounced on with his perfect day, back down to his toys and his sunshine and and everything. And I thought to myself, oh my God, where I see devastation, he sees, he doesn't see that. He, he didn't see blindness the way I saw it. He just saw it as it is what it is. It's, it's how he accesses the world. Michael didn't see blindness as a burden. It just, it was a non-thing. I was the one. I was the one stuck in the sadness and mad as hell that the life I had planned for him wasn't going to happen. Michael wasn't bothered. 
I was the one that was bothered. I was the one devastated. And you know what? Although I had planned and dreamt my whole life to be the best mom in the world, I was the worst mom in the world for Michael. Because I had been so focused on what I thought my life should be, what I thought his life should be. I wasn't making any space for what could be. I wasn't getting him the tools and the resources he needed to access a world he couldn't see so that he could figure out what could be possible for him. I had been praying for blindness to be taken away for three and a half years. And in that moment, it was. It was my blindness to the possibility of my son having an amazing life. That was taken away. That was cured, if you will in that moment. And in that moment, I decided to let go of what I thought his life should be and just be open, like opening my eyes, even just the slightest bit, opening my heart, just a crack in my heart, just the slightest bit to see what could be possible for my son. And I'll tell you what, from that moment on, and continuously throughout the journey. I mean, you'll hear me in these episodes. I'm going to I'm going to revisit this point often with all different kinds of stories of different situations so you can see that I didn't just in that moment say, "Okay, let me move on from how my life what I thought his life and my life should be and let me make space for what could be." It didn't instantaneously fix everything. It did give me the wherewithal that the next time the therapist came to my house to teach me how to teach my son how to access a world he couldn't see and instead all this time I had been using her as my own personal therapist to cry to, right? It gave me the wherewithal to ask questions that I should have been asking. Should he have a white cane yet? And if not, at what year should that happen? Why doesn't he know any pre-Braille skills yet? Why? All the things that he needed to access the world, it finally was a, a fire ignited in me to go get him the tools that he needed. And then there were times, like I said, I'll walk you through over these next several episodes of all the different scenarios where I had to come back to this foundational moment. How am I looking at this challenge? Am I looking through it through a brilliantly resilient lens or am I looking through it from the poor Kristen or poor Michael and Mitchell lens? And, and I guess I should, um, I should give you a little spoiler alert here. I'm not going to wait, make you wait a couple more episodes or a whole season to, to know where that change in, in perception took us. You know, initially I said I had envisioned him, Michael, as the valedictorian and summa cum laude and all the things. And, <laughs> oh, when I let go of, of what I thought his life should be, actually it was one of the greatest things that ever happened. I'll talk to you about, you know, expectations and parenting. And I took my dreams off of my son because I thought that they were extinguished. And boy, did he take me and, and his blind brother and their sighted sister um, have taken me on a journey I never could have expected. And, and Michael did end up the valedictorian of his high school class of 600 kids. And, and he did end up summa cum laude. <laughs> Ah, at Penn State University. And now he's he's working his dream job in Disney World. I mean, my sons have beaten all of the grim statistics for the blind community. And I am telling you with 1000% certainty, it would not have been possible if I had stayed stuck in what I thought their lives should be that they should be able to see me waving at the bus stop and they should be able to to walk around a college campus at night without having to have it memorized and use a white cane. Like when I finally let go of everything that should be and let there be space for what could be and get them the tools that they needed for what their life could be, it opened up all kinds of stuff and they were able to chase their own dreams, not those very limiting ones that I had for them. 
Okay, so you might be thinking, you know, that's great, Kristen. That's wonderful that that happened for you. But how does that relate to my life? I'm not dealing with something like blindness. I'm not dealing with something that big and challenging, or it's just these little things that are driving me crazy every day. And I feel like I'm slowly but surely losing my mind, or I just can't get the the goals that I want to achieve. They're just not happening. How does this relate to me? All right, well, every episode, I promise to give you a bit of brilliance that is going to transfer what I'm telling you in my stories and my experience over to your own life. So let's start with this. In order to help you start to look at life, and believe me, this was a process for me. It wasn't like it happened and then, oh, I look everything through a brilliant, resilient lens. Nowadays, yes, I, I do default to the brilliant, resilient lens, but this is a process. So I would say start like this. Just start practicing reframing your perception of things. How can you do that? Well, I would say get a notebook or, um, you know, if you have a post-it pad with, with lines on or whatever you like to write on, but have something where you can keep this stuff together so you can watch your own progress with this. And I would say, write down at the top of the page, what is a current challenge you're experiencing? Maybe it's big, like a medical diagnosis you didn't expect. Maybe it's just that you don't know the next right step to take in growing your, your business. You just had a really big, well, <laughs> We all had big setbacks in business with COVID and trying to come out of that and pivot and all that. Maybe uh, you're like me and and I'm not newly divorced, but I, I am still in that divorce journey. Maybe a relationship has ended. Whatever your current challenge is, let's put that at the top of the page. And then I want you to write these th three things under it, or at least just be thinking about this. First, how might this challenge be an opportunity for growth? Don't throw anything at me yet. Just hear me out and we're going to walk through this over these episodes here. Okay. So that first one is how might this challenge be an opportunity for growth? Second, what can I learn from this experience? And the third, what positive outcomes could come from addressing this challenge differently? Remember, I said this is a process. So look, this is this is the first day. This is the first time you're tackling this, right? Your answer to what can I learn from this experience? You know, if you've got a wackadoodle ex-husband right now, or, you know, someone that just walked out or, you know, a boyfriend that just left or whatever, you might say the only thing I can learn from this right now is that that person's a wackadoodle. Great. Write that down <laughs> because I promise you, as you go through this and work through this challenge and we go through the next steps over the next several episodes, you're going to come back to that and hopefully you're going to crack up laughing and then you're going to realize how much you grew because you're going to have a much different answer in a few weeks. And if I can say that about my life and my journey, trust me, you can do it too. All right, I realize I'm, I'm, I'm chuckling here and, and um, having some fun with this, but I do realize that there are some of you, you may be going through something really, really hard. And, and I get that. And I hope that these episodes give you a, a little bit of a break. You find something to smile about and then also some, some good takeaways and strategies to really work through this. One thing I'll, I'll give you as a bonus here, another resource. At the beginning of my divorce journey seven years ago when things were really really, 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 really hard. A friend of mine told me about a book by Max Lucado called You'll Get Through This. I highly recommend that you get that book and um, make your way through that book because the perspective that Max puts a challenge in, trust me, it is absolutely phenomenal. So that's a bonus resource for you. Okay, now we're moving into the segment where I'm going to wrap up every episode with 
what's on my playlist. So hopefully you can get some uh, fun songs to add to your playlist to help you in these moments of struggle, challenging times, but also to celebrate your wins when you do get to a mountaintop where you do get at least to the next right step that you were trying to conquer, that you have a, a song to celebrate with. And I'm going to tell you, you know, just the other day, uh, my daughter, Carissa, I, I have a sighted daughter and she's my youngest. And like I mentioned, I'm an empty nester now. She just started college and we're so blessed that she's so talented in sports that that um, she's playing D2 basketball. And she texted me and the boys the other day and said, hey, uh, season's about to start and I need, I call it the run out song. And when they announce her name and, and the big song plays as she comes out onto the court. So she was asking for suggestions. And I got to tell you, I thought I was, I mean, I was on the Stairmaster at the gym and I had my playlist going and I was rattling, I'm typing in all these suggestions and I'm like, oh yeah, and then there's this and then there's the top jock jams of all time. I came from this website. And when I got through a bunch of suggestions, I happened to look because I was just like typing, typing, typing. And then I went into the locker room and I, I picked out my phone again to see what she thought of them. And she said, Okay, I am currently regretting that I added mom to this <laughs> to this group text for songs. So don't run these selections past my daughter, um, but they are helping me at 52 years old and the things I'm facing. But I guess that they're not good for the for the run out song for a 19 year old basketball player. But anyway, so I tell you that story to, to, to tell you that the first song I'm going to recommend that is on my playlist nonstop right now is Dancing on My Own. Now, if you're not from Philadelphia, this might not make any sense to you. But we are currently as I am recording this podcast, we are in what we call Red October. Our Phillies, our baseball team are in the postseason, the playoffs, right? And this song dancing on our own came out last year, it was from the Phillies, it was like one of their locker room songs. And then the city just embraced this song. And when you hear it dancing on my own, make sure you get um, the remix version, like the dance version, it starts out very, very slow. Stick with me on it. Stick with me because when the beat kicks in, it is such a fun song. However, what I want you to understand is I want you to envision like last year I was going through some really hard stuff and this city has been through some really hard stuff, including our sports teams. So the Phillies get into the playoffs the Eagles, our football team, was like undefeated forever. And although I was going through some really hard things, I would meet up with my girlfriends to watch the Phils and the Eagles at this fun sports bar in my town. And it didn't matter if the Eagle, well, the Eagles have this, this fight song, Fly Eagles Fly, but when the Eagles would win or when the Phillies were playing, when they would win or something really great would happen, the manager of the bar would put on the whole sound system this song, Dancing on My Own. And we would go like, silly crazy dancing and laughing and I'm telling you every time I hear this song I cannot help but smile and interestingly enough you know it, it's about like I'm over here by myself dancing on my own you know they want the person wants to be in a relationship with someone else that's in the room and I want you to think about it in terms of there's times when we feel so alone in the stuff we're going through right like nobody could possibly understand how I feel and then there's this song that this person is alone but guess what I'm gonna keep dancing I'm gonna keep keep doing my thing and I'm going to make it through this. And, and like Max Lucado says, 
you'll get through this. So listen, I appreciate the what 20, 23, 24 minutes that you've given me if you've listened all the way this far and and listened to my my stories of my kids and my journey and now this crazy song (laughs) that you might listen to it and go, what is Kristen talking about? But I appreciate you taking the time. I hope that you'll you'll subscribe to to this podcast. The Brilliantly Resilient Podcast is absolutely extraordinary. Go back and look through all of the episodes. We have so many incredible interviews with people that have lessons and strategies in every single episode with the things that they've been through in their life. I hope that I hope that you'll share episodes and I hope that you'll leave a review if this if this podcast is is working for you, if it's helping you in any way. And one of the best things you can do, especially if you're having one of those times where things really suck, share this podcast, this episode or another episode that resonated with you. Share it with someone that you think might need to hear the message. Even if it's just to say, listen to this goofy song that Kristen Smedley suggested that we add to the playlist, right? You and your girlfriends can laugh about it. Or maybe you'll sing along and dance like my girlfriends and I do. But um, definitely, I, I hope that you'll subscribe. (laughs) I can talk. I hope that you'll also reach out to me and Mary Fran on social media through our Brilliantly Resilient platform. You can also find me on pretty much every social media platform as Kristen Smedley, and it's Kristen with an I-N, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-S-M-E-D-L-E-Y. Reach out to us on Brilliantly Resilient or Kristen Smedley on my platforms. Let us know what you think of the episodes, what you want more of, um, if you agree with my song choices, um, what you think of the story that we're sharing. I absolutely want to hear from you and hear what resonates and hear what you want more of. And for now, I'm going to keep diving in throughout these solo episodes to how you can change how you see challenges. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in and uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise and reveal your brilliance.